welcome pudding people to another episode of everybody loves pudding i'm your host ken seymour with your other host richard geiger welcome everyone we are still recording from our separate bunkers within the middle of the country where nobody can find us, hopefully including this awful virus that's going around. But we're here to entertain you and to dance for our supper. Are you ready to dance, Richard? Um, yes, I think we're having, we're having Brenner tonight. Ooh, good choice. Well, I know that uh, I have had a lot of things swirling on my mind and uh, I'm doing anything I can to distract myself from those things. But one thing that really came to the forefront that I wanted to talk about today is uh, how much I hate and Richard loves yard work. Mm, so fun. Yeah, I, I, I would rather pretty much do anything, pull out my fingernails, kind of do anything else other than yard work. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about sports and where they left off and where they will pick up again. And then we are going to renew our history of comic book movies starting into the year of 2008. Mm, it's a big year. Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a very big year. In fact, we'll talk about Iron Man, the thing that started off everything. Yeah. I'm, we'll save the best to last on that one. So let's yeah. let's let's get into it. Where where the somewhat sweaty one of us, I had to go out and do yard work, which is about my least favorite thing in the world. And I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So many people really love going out into their yards and you know weeding and and mowing and planting gardens. What about that kind of appeals to you? How, how does that? How does that work? I don't understand it. Well, I think one of the things that we can compare um, ourselves to, first of all, is your yard that you have is pretty much non-existent, right? True. I mean, True. you have a little patch in the front, you have a little patch in the back. Right. Um, I've got about, I don't have that much, but I've got about an acre's worth of grass, or various sides of the house that um, I have to maintain. And if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to use the yard, or if I want to play with my kids in the yard, or if I want to have some type of involvement in it, I've got to have some type of maintenance for it. So I, I think part of it is just it is a way to have a sense of accomplishment for something, right? Even if even if the yard looks awful because it's got weeds and it's got whatever in it, but you've done your part or your weekly chore or your something. It's like, it's like, uh, people who kind of tell you, Hey, when you get up in the morning, you should make your bed. That way you have a sense of accomplishment because you did something in the morning. Well, I, I'm just going to get back into that bed shortly <laughs> thereafter. So I don't really feel like making the bed in the morning. Like no. I don't get that accomplishment, but at least when you mow and you, you do your weed eating and stuff like that, you have a, a modest kind of small sense of, you did something. Um, now, when you take it up a notch, meaning you really focus on how well the yard looks and you buy stuff to kill weeds or kill bugs or do that type of thing, I think that's where it really gets elevated. And I enjoy doing that stuff too. Not that my yard looks great because there's various problems, but I do enjoy putting extra effort into making the yard look nice. 
So it's more uh, an effort to get a visual aesthetic that, that is pleasing to you, not necessarily something that is directly usable? Well, if you put it in a certain direction, um, if your lawn looks nice, it's fluffy and there's lots of grass and it's covered in just green and parts of it aren't dead, then if you are out on that yard, it is nicer to be on and to play with or, you know, sit out and enjoy things with. So I think those two things kind of go hand in hand, you know, it's for me, the big problem I have right now is, uh, moles everywhere, everywhere. So the moles dig obviously these big, these big pathways all throughout your yard and you get these gigantic lumps of dirt. And, and then when you, when you fix or try to maintain your yard, every little spot that they have made this path in, it's this big mound of dirt this pathway where the grass eventually dies because what they have done is uprooted everything. So you have all these dead spots and uneven grass all over the place. So even if you're just kind of walking out there in um, your flip-flops or your bare feet, all of the lumpy grass is just uncomfortable to walk in because it's not level and flush. So I enjoy walking out with no shoes in my yard. And if it's just covered in bumps and gross and not grass, then it's not fun to be out there. Yeah. Um, so, okay. For me, um, just personally, I, I think a lot of it, it has to be in one of two categories, either that visual aesthetic or you're getting some sort of use out of it. You got some little kids that want to run around and play in the grass, uh, that sort of different thing. I can kind of get that, you know, they got the soccer ball or whatever, but I know me personally, I have no interest in running around in the grass, ever going out there to do anything. Even if I'm going to, you know, use the the grill or something, I'm going to use it on the deck and I'm going to be out there just long enough to grill what I need so I can go back inside and eat it. I don't want to deal with the bugs. I don't want to deal with any of the other annoyances that are inevitably going to come to pass for being outdoors. I don't have to light special candles to keep things away. I don't want to have to set up nets. It just seems like a lot of effort for very little. And as far as the the view, I mean, if I can walk within distance of somebody else's yard, I think I'm I'm pretty good with that. Uh, I would I would almost rather just pave the whole thing over. It's so much easier. Never have to mow again. Never have to really weed again. It's just all asphalt. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd be happier with it that way. So, like my view out my backyard is not someone else's house. Right. So my my view is kind of it's just an empty pasture. There used to be cows out there. It was fun to go out there and just watch the cows kind of, you know, walk around and poop everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun at 10 o'clock at night when you would hear them just kind of trotting around. Couldn't really see what was going on. But, yeah, I, I don't have to I don't have to be in that position where. I have to look a lot at someone else's house or yard. I have a position where I can look at just, I can, I can go outside and enjoy some privacy and go outside and, and be out there. So I, I do enjoy that aspect of it. Now our backyard is awful because there are, there's no trees, there's no shade. It's like hard pan. All the topsoil is not there it's just clay so it's like very impossible to grow grass Mm. in the back unless you have money and time and 
I think lawn maintenance, if you have money and time, becomes a nice hobby, right? It's, That's what it feels like. Very much can, a hobby. Exactly. It's a, it's a very nice hobby. If you've got money and you've got time, you don't have to have a lot of money, but you do have to have money to burn on it and you got to have time to spend to make it look nice and do the things and maintain it and feed it and weed it and aerate it and like a lot of those things chew up a lot of time and I don't have time to just go out there now it the the time spent on it I think another thing about it is it's a nice I won't call it an escape but it's a nice way to get away because if you're on a riding lawnmower and you had some headphones on it's a nice time to listen to music or a nice time to just you know, be with yourself for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Even if you have a push mower, it's the same thing. It's a way for you to kind of just gather your thoughts and chew up some time for 45 minutes while you're occupying your your chores, let's call them. So even that whole thing, because I've got to do a riding lawnmower portion, I've got to do a push mower portion, I've got to do a, a, a trimming portion, all those things together, you know, that ends up being a couple hours at most. It's probably less than that. Um, hour and a half. But that's that's an hour and a half of time of, you know, thought gathering, music listening time. So it's a nice little way to be isolated without being isolated, if that, mm. that makes sense. I can definitely see how that could be appealing to some people. It's just for me, if I'm out there doing that, I'm not isolated with my thoughts exactly because the only thought I have is I'd rather be doing anything other than this. Uh, it's just kind of, ugh. I got some electric equipment, which has made things significantly better. But uh, mm, it, Yes, it, I would advocate for that. So I, you, you have an electric uh, uh, mower and mower, trimmer. Mm-hmm. And I've got an electric push mower also. Um, if you have good ones like the electronic weed eaters and even those small electronic chainsaws are awesome. They're so good. You don't have to change oil. You don't have to get gas. Like even in a time like this, one of the things I had to do was I had to get out to go to the gas station to get gas for all the pieces of equipment that need to run. I have to change the oil in the the lawn, in the, in the mower, you know, all these little things where like, I don't want to get out right now and do those things but I have to if I want to be able to get any of that stuff that I need to do lawn work. Yeah, I, I still kind of wish there was a house that uh, we were looking at before we decided on this one. And I thought it was perfect. It was, um, you know, it had basically enough space for us. But the person that owned it, I think, ran a daycare and so it had this just enormous unfinished basement, which is like, oh, that could be kind of fun in a variety of different ways. But it, the backyard was fenced in, and the deck ran the length of the house and probably out about you know, 10 feet, um, maybe 12, and it was all concrete. And then it just kind of dropped down, and then there was like a wood deck below that that was a few feet dropped below and then that went out a similar amount of distance and then that dropped off and it was gravel (laughs) and that was the whole backyard there was no mowing except for the very front part it's like oh that's like five minutes that's perfect let's get this house and she goes i want grass and i said but i don't want grass but i want grass it's like yeah but i'm going to have to mow the grass Mm mm-hmm yeah, see, that's different. I want grass. When it comes time to get a new house, I enjoy having a yard. Like, I want a yard. 
I want to be able that I guess it's all about maybe how I grew up because I had a big backyard when um, I grew up. My grandparents had backyards so we could always go outside and play. You know, nowadays, I, I don't know if the value to for having that is the same as what it was when we were younger. But I enjoy having the opportunity to go outside and have a tree to be under or walk around. I don't know. Just it sounds silly, but um, just to be outside now, outside when it's 95 and humid and gross. No, but you know, like right now, it's 80 degrees outside. It's a nice day to be outside. I think it's partially how how people just kind of are, are built in a certain respect, too, because, you know, the, the first time that I went to, you know, a big, um, say, a, a state forest or something like that. That was pretty neat. And then the second time, it's kind of depreciating returns. Like, that's still basically just trails and some trees, uh, maybe a pool, that sort of thing. It's like, eh. I think everybody reacts to that uh, natural scenery in a different in a different way. I even I even had in a more extreme response uh, going to the ocean for the first time a number of years ago. Man, I loved it. You could not get me out of the ocean uh, for very long on that trip. But then we went back to the same resort. It's like, yeah, I did this. I don't really feel like I need to be in the ocean all day now. Let what else do we have to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of the same thing with uh, the the beach and going and seeing that all the nice sand and the green water, or the blue water, and you're and you're right, like that whole thing is great. But then once you go out there, it's like I don't want to sit in the sand and no. get sunburned. Like, right, that, that, that's not fun to me. You can get you can get tan. Don't need to get tan. Well, you can bring a book and read. Don't want to read. And if I did, I can do it indoors. <laughs> what else you got? Like is, <laughs> is the water 80 degrees? Can I go swimming in it? Uh, well, no, like right now it's 60. Ugh, ugh, That's ugh. pretty cold. Yeah, I was like, nah, no thanks. I'm good. One uh, trip to pick up some shells, I'm good. Let's get out of here. Well, I know there are some people that need a good manicured lawn, um, although they aren't really able to take advantage of it right now. That would be uh, our friends in the athletic community, uh, that so I'm not a sports guy. I know you're you're a bit of a sports guy. How has this kind of affected things? I know there's some teams that you follow and some things like that. Has this really kind of broken up your routine? Well, I, I feel I feel awful for a lot of the folks who did spring activities. Okay, so we will even go back to high school. So I played high school sports. I played a lot of high school sports and a lot of those folks who right now would have, I gosh, I don't even remember in Indiana if the basketball season ended up getting finished or not. I don't even remember. But like if you're if you're a senior this year and you didn't get to participate in your track and field or baseball or golf or whatever it was, I mean that sucks because there's no going back. Right. Like you can't go back and participate in anything like that again. Um, college, it's the same way, you know, some colleges got another, like some, some events got those folks got another year of eligibility. They can actually go back to school and participate. It's going to wreak havoc on scholarships, but oh, yeah. they have some eligibility, but like uh, basketball, n- no, I mean, you're, you're done. The NCAA tournament done. That's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, but a lot of things, 
you know, the NBA season. NBA season, the ratings were down a lot this year. It's it, it's not – NBA to me is – I love basketball. NBA to me is just kind of either, – either you love it or it's just kind of boring. And it's not good basketball, that type of stuff. Like I appreciate the athleticism. I enjoy watching a game or two. Shoot, I love – like to be able to go – to an NBA game and watch them and see the athleticism is something that everybody I think has to do. But the end of the NBA season and the playoffs and all that stuff, who knows if that's going to come back. Um, most like the NBA playoffs, that's much more under- entertaining than the NBA regular season. So I think that's got, if that doesn't come back, that's going to be a huge loss to a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, golf tournaments. I love one of the funnest things I think is to sit and if you've got a good TV and your TV's got great sound or you've got a sound system, is to watch the Masters and crank the volume up on it and watching the watching all the shots, listening to the birds chirp and like all the activities that kind of go in the Masters. Uh, because that's the springtime thing. Like we've been used to blah weather and it's not always, but, you know, usually sunny birds, trees, all that type of stuff. So you get to see all that with the Masters Tournament. That's going to happen until November now. Um, baseball. Opening season for baseball is now gone. Um, baseball's. I used to love it. It's kind of boring now. It's the same sport, but it's still it's just not entertaining. People love baseball. But you're going to miss out on half that season now. Uh, so that, that, that part's gone. Um, the, the hockey season hockey season who knows if that's going to come back so there's a lot of things that a lot of things that people love like so nba playoffs the march madness the nhl playoffs opening uh like the opening day for baseball all those things are big deals they're all gone yeah for for me were they big deals yeah like i'm 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 not sweating it too much uh like i said i like the masters but Half the half the time I'm working, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, I can't see it anyway. Uh, the NBA playoffs are cool. I like watching some of the games, but they don't draw me in. The NHL playoffs are awesome. I love hockey, but it's not it's it's not like it's I got to sit there and watch that stuff all the time. I think the big one that people are going to oh gosh sweat a little bit about is the college football and the NFL season. It doesn't generally start until, you know, late summer, early fall. But um, they're still doing some of the activities. Like the draft is coming up here soon, but it's all going to be a virtual draft. Um, It used to be like the last five years, that's become a big weekend TV event. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, WrestleMania is the same way. They just had a WrestleMania this weekend. Two parts. Yeah, they, they did the whole thing. No crowds. It's a little uh, did weird. You, did you get to watch any of that? I did not. I still haven't even seen what's happened. So, uh, you know, I, I've only seen just snippets of headlines and stuff. I haven't watched any of the actual clips. But the first day apparently was pretty entertaining, save for one match that was just blah. Uh, gosh, who was in that one? I don't remember. Um, and then the second day apparently was pretty good as well. But just would have been interesting to see that whole thing. I'm, I, it's nice that they carried on the event, right? Because an event like that, an event like UFC, an event like boxing, although the ticket prices and that venue 
hold value, all the value in that is the pay-per-view stuff. So if you can still do that event and still get all the pay-per-view revenue, why wouldn't you do it? Well, I have to say one thing I was really appreciative of seeing is that Roman Reigns decided to not be there, uh, which was smart for him for sure. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that whole situation. No. So, okay, so Roman Reigns has been pushed as kind of one of the big uh, faces of the company for a little while now, uh, much to the chagrin of a, a, a large group of the fans. <laughs> but that's that's the WWE. They pick somebody whether they whether the fans have shown any interest in them or, or not, and Vince just says, this is the guy that I want to be the face of the company. You'll like it or you just won't watch. Um now, that being said, he's got a great kind of physicality. He's got a great look. His moveset is okay. It's not amazing. Um, but it doesn't really have to be for what uh, for what they're trying to do. The thing is, uh, not too long ago, he was diagnosed with cancer. And I, if last I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure it went into remission. But that puts him at a certain high uh, risk factor. For the virus yeah, vulnerability yep yeah so not wanting to be even even when the the arenas are empty uh, not wanting to be directly involved in that that's smart and that's good and i'm hoping he didn't get any flack for that behind the scenes well i would think i would think not i think people have a little bit better sense of understanding but yeah, that that means you that never you, know right? you, you don't know vince mcmahon very well <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, his uh, relaunch of XFL, the XFL season, the the end of that just went away too. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, the first, once again, always working, so couldn't see any of those games, but they were pretty entertaining and they were they were fun to watch and they were people were going, people were watching that and the last seasons and whatever playoff like last games and playoffs for that done and if that's gonna be able to be a a league that's going to start and continue the worst thing that could have happened for it is to lose out on the TV revenue for the last um, few weeks of yeah. that season. Yeah. So that stinks. It's, but it's hard to have too much too much I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but for the people that are just making millions anyway off of this. I it's like, eh, this isn't really going to affect them. But I do have a certain amount of concern for a lot of the people that are supporting roles in, in making these sports work and all of the surrounding businesses around those sports that, that kind of depend on it to be there for their, for their income. I'm, I'm curious as how this is going to affect them uh, and, uh, and what kind of an impact this is going to have. Yeah, if you've ever been to a baseball game, and I can relate more to a Cubs game because I've been to many of those, um, and that place, going to Wrigley, going to Wrigleyville, it's like a whole environment. So it's not just that they're not playing the games. It's all those folks that worked there and then all the activity that went on around that stadium. There's There's a lot that goes on around that area during baseball games they're not doing any of those things right now so they're losing a good good chunk of income that's for sure yeah that's 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 a little a little concerning i've i've seen some some people in the sports community and uh, maybe actors that are not quite the stature of some of the larger actors that um that they're 
their livelihood has just kind of dried up and disappeared. And some of them have gone to crowdfunding to try and get some money and, and try and maintain. And, and it's, uh, it is, it is a little concerning. Yeah. And it's not just, I mean, it's not just a couple of folks. It's a lot of folks, a lot of entertainment avenues. It's just a lot of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm especially concerned about things like the, uh, my my favorite. We've talked a little bit about this before. Is I, I love stand up comedy and the comedy clubs. They're pretty much just done at the moment. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a little concerning. Even after this initial wave is done, how how likely are they going to be to fill seats in a comedy club or a stadium or whatever to get people? to to come back to being a more normal um normal way of life yeah um you know li- limitations it's kind of you know you go to a comedy club and it may be small 80 people 100 people maybe big maybe there's 500 people whatever that person performs to that crowd because the crowd is what gives them that 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 energy right and if the crowd's not there how do you have that same energy it's like all the shows that we see now that they perform from home and it seems like they're fun and they're having a good time and you know they're maybe they're performing to a camera and their kids and if if you're talented enough or you're smart enough you you can do that and it still is good it's fun it's entertaining but stand-ups one uh, one avenue i would think that not having that crowd wwe i would have thought was the same thing too the people performing i just think get a lot of energy off of the boos or the yells from all those folks in the crowd well with wrestling, those folks aren't there like how are you getting that energy it's not just the energy with that one i mean the whole purpose of the the whole purpose of the uh, referee and the uh, any sort of manager or whoever that's going to the ring with them is to monitor the crowd and see how they're reacting to how the the match is going. Do, do they need to adjust things to get them into it more? Do they need to shorten up the match because the crowd's just not in it. We need, to, we need to cut. They don't care. Or they're really getting into us. Let's drag it out a little bit. Let's change up what we were planning on doing. And without them there, they're just going to do whatever they were originally planning. There's just there's no adjustment to compensate for the potential interest of the viewer. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they do if they do something like we're going to do the NBA season, we're going to finish it, there just won't be crowds in the building. How will that look? How will that how will that play? Because a lot of that money, and once again, it stinks. It stinks for the folks who work at those places and the venues and the fans that want to go and see, but a large portion of the revenue comes from the the TV contracts. So right. if there aren't people there to watch them. You lose money, yes, but way more than you do for than not playing. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of a large source of revenue, uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon page where you can check out the Pudding Guys. And for just $1 a month, help support us 
as we come up with new subject matter, come up with new people to talk to, new things to talk into, and make the show just that much better. But also, you can always find us on social media, at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, it's just uh, a great way. We love to get any feedback. We love to get uh, anybody's opinions on things. But uh, one piece of news I wanted to kind of give, we are going to be doing some backbone and infrastructure updating. You know, we've got the Ultimate Comic Movie Database, and it is currently free for everybody on our website to, to have some really fun information about movies based on comics and be able to search things that you can't find anywhere else. Well, we're going to be doing some consolidating because we are building out and expanding functionality and content with that. We're going to have a paid version of it on Patreon here coming up soon, but we need to do some some you know maintenance to get that going on. So uh, I would say within the next week or so, probably about the time this episode is going to be up possibly before, we don't know. Um, it, we are going to be taking the Ultimate Comic Movie Database offline just briefly so that we can get the backbone updated and then we'll be bringing it back up and update it with the information that is currently missing, which is basically Birds of Prey and uh, Bloodshot. And then we will start uh, building out the stuff that I think a lot of you are going to be very interested in. We'll keep you posted on some more of that. But kind of talking about the comic book movies, are you ready to continue our trip down memory lane in comic book movies? Mm, am I ever? We are up to the year 2008. Now, 2008 was a big year, as we mentioned earlier. It is the beginning of this whole Marvel experiment where they, they just built out something that didn't previously exist in any way, shape, or form. And they started it all with Iron Man. Now, did you see this one in the theaters? Hmm. I, you know what? I can't remember. I want to say I did. If I'm trying to think, I because I wasn't. Where did I live? Yeah, I think I did see this one. It was such a long time ago. It sounds silly to think that, but it it, it was so long ago. I can't remember. Twelve exactly, years, man. I'm pretty sure we did go. Yeah. I I know. I I've seen every Marvel movie in the in the theater, just because if it's a comic book movie, for the most part, I try and see it in the theater. I have not seen Bloodshot in the theater yet. And so there, there's some that fall away because either it's just not that important to me or I know it's going to be likely not very good or I just may have missed, occasionally there's movies that come out based on comics that I never read and that I don't find out about until after the fact. But uh, you better believe I was going to be there for Iron Man. I got to say, this, this movie uh, kind of, Knocked me for a loop when I saw it the first time. Did you get the same kind of chills that I did? Well, you know, one of my uh, good friends, when we grew up and collected comic books, his favorite, his one that he collected the most was Iron Man. Now, I never really got into Iron Man. I was more of a, an X-Men, uh, X-Men and a few other comic book um, co collector. But Iron Man, I, I was familiar with, I knew about. And then to see the presentation of this movie as a, a fun movie, as an entertaining movie, but not realizing at the time the, the, the seeds that had been kind of planted. You know, there, there's the post-credit scenes and everything like that, which I, I get, but like not knowing that the success of this movie would just spawn the whole kind of turn of an industry in a sense. 
Yeah, I I definitely was not expecting that this was the direction that they were going because up until this point, we had had several marquee comic book films and some of them were good and some of them were not. Um, some of them spawned sequels and, you know, that's about all I ever expected. And, you know, just watching through the movie, it was of a sufficient quality. Even by the middle of it, it's like, yeah, this thing's going to get a sequel, no problem. Um, but then seeing that little tacked on scene at the end after the credits, it's like, Ooh, maybe the sequel will be really good. Maybe the sequel will have Nick Fury. What Avengers? What what do you mean Avengers? (laughs) Yeah. And and even this spawned some, I I watch a lot of, I love watching cartoons, but there's a lot of cartoons that were on the Disney channel that kind of came from or came at the same time of this they kind of got more into the Avengers as a as a group. So it not not I mean not only did this movie and the success of this movie spawn the MCU, but it, it it spawned all the other little things surrounding the MCU as well. And this and this casting, I mean, first of all, John Favreau is one of my favorite dudes, just period. Um, whether he's acting in a film or whether he's directing it. And seeing him as Happy Hogan in this and then directing this film just, just gave me a little bit of giddy joy. Because um, Did you ever watch Swingers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that, PCU, and I anything that he's in, I'm going to give a chance just because I like him so much. So to, to pair him with Robert Downey Jr., which at this point I was like, well, I haven't seen this guy in, in a while, being much of anything, it's like it's worth giving him a try. Kind of, sort of liked him okay on a lot of stuff. Didn't really like his SNL stuff, but, eh, you know, that sort of thing. And I liked Terrence Howard. It's like, eh, he kind of looks like Rhodey. So, okay. Um, I mean, had the right thing. And Jeff Bridges, who just kind of, in most things, just knocks it out of the park. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, I was kind of ambivalent neutral, too, just because I didn't think the Pepper Potts character was too terribly important, at least in the comics that I read, she was never all that important. So it gave kind of an, an, kind of a clean slate to do whatever, but the writing was, the writing on Pepper was really solid and she, she did exceptionally well with that and was very engaging. Uh, so it was just kind of one of those things. I, I was, I I was just mesmerized by this film. Every facet seemed to fit so well. Yep. The story was a, a complete story in a sense, uh, coherent in the, in the sense that everything kind of followed along in the steps and, and you, you didn't get a lot of background, right? I mean, I don't think that you got the development of a lot of these people. You got a little bit no. of a sense of the environment and that's what your background was. Right. But in, in the sense you didn't, you didn't need that. But what this did is it developed a background for all these characters. Yeah. Because, you know, how these characters are on screen isn't necessarily how they are in the comic book, right? No, so no. Th- this this developed the characters in the sense of the MCU. So this was the background that people needed. You didn't need other, I won't say developed backgrounds or, or character developments in a certain sense. You got what you needed from this movie. This became the the character backdrop to a to a certain extent i think the reason that it really worked one almost completely is the fact that robert downey jr had a charisma that was just perfect i mean if you read the comics 
well before I saw this film, I, I didn't ever imagine Robert Downey Jr. As, as Iron Man, but I imagined somebody that behaved in the manner that he behaved. I mean, that, I mean, he had it just perfect, and he just kind of oozes charisma naturally anyway. So when you, when you blend that with a lot of other actors that can feed off of that and amplify it, even if it's just small things like um, the introduction of Clark Gregg, uh, into this was great. He did so good as Coulson. Oh yeah, and important, important, fun character piece that was kind of uh, overlooked in this in this movie. Yeah, when he, when he talks about he's like the strategic homeland intervention, like he 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 told you right there. Yep. Yeah, but you but you you most people totally missed that when they were watching it. Like they told you right there, they were talking about. Shield, but yeah. he just didn't give you the acronym. He told you the whole name of the actual organization. I, I have to say, I got stares in the theater when when we w- watched the film originally because when he said that, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I just got I got looks from everybody that uh, apparently either didn't get it or just were not very pleased that I thought it was very funny when <laughs> when he wrote it or when he uh, spoke it the first time. But that that just made me so happy in just a little way because Shield has never been represented in anything up to that point in any good way. And I'm sorry, as much as I like David Hasselhoff in really awful <laughs> fun movies, that was not a good representation of Shield. And it's it just just hadn't happened up to that point. It's like, what are we going to? We're going to get a good shield potentially. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and you know, every movie's got good guys and and bad guys. And um, we've said it many times that the bad guys make the good guys. The bad guys make the the movies better. Yeah, and Jeff Bridges is well, he's just. He's Jeff Bridges. He's awesome. Right. And, you know, him, even when you see his character in this, it's, 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 it's fun, bad guy. Good, you know, like good. He's good at being the bad guy. And and even though he's the bad guy, he's still relatable, which is important. I mean, that's something that's missed a lot of times when you're making a bad guy, having it be that, that person be, uh, feel real, be nuanced. And, and it's definitely something that they, that he does a really good job of portraying and they, they wrote it very well in this particular script. Yes. Yeah. It's, I I think the whole construction of this movie now, is it the best movie in the series? No, No. but gosh, if you want this movie to start off a franchise, that's going to last you forever and make you billions and billions of dollars. You'd be pretty happy with this one being the first one. Well, and this is the blueprint. This is this is the first time they they were trying something like this and kind of you know they're they're feeling things out what works what doesn't and they they did very well. There's a lot of little fun things in this, like Peter Billingsley being in it as the one of the scientists and eventually comes back again later in the in the series. Uh, you know, I'll forever have a place in my heart for Peter Billingsley just because of a Christmas story, of course. But uh, just seeing him in it was just so much fun. And it, it bothered me for a little while because it's like, I know that guy. Who would, who, yeah. who is that? And I had to look it up to see. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, or uh, Tom Morello had a small part. Yeah. Guard. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just for those of us that are, are Rage Against the Machine fans. I mean, I feel like there were some people that just kind of knew that this was something, that it was coming, that it's like, oh, this this is going to be special. So they wanted to kind of just be have a chance to be a part of it. it I, I don't know. I could be reading too much into that. But it, it's, oh, man, if I could have been on the set just, just once on, on some of this, that would have been so cool. And and do you think and just uh, not not really knowing, do you think that when Paul Bettany did this part as just a voice actor, do you think his he knew? Oh gosh, well ten years later I'm going to show up uh, in in my actual human physical form in this. I think. Or did he always did he always have it planned that like yeah I'm just going to be a voice. I I would wager it would be the former just for two different reasons. One. You don't know if the, the movie's going to be successful. So you never know even if you're going to get a sequel, if you're going to get another chance to do the same part. But considering in the comics, Jarvis did not become the Vision, there would be no reason to think that that would ever happen. Yeah. Are you so familiar just, Are you familiar with the origins in the comics? Yeah, in, in the sense that um, it was Ultron's vision of the perfect being exactly right? so, yeah but ultron and, was not made by tony stark and bruce no. banner it was made by hank pym hank pym yep Ant-Man. and then that, that used the the brain engrams of wonder man so it's mm. a character they hadn't introduced and probably will never unfortunately introduce but uh uh yeah it's just kind of kind of too much fun now we'll say this i I may be in the minority of this. As much as I like Don Cheadle, um, for me, Terrence Howard hit Rhodey better than Cheadle did. Um, I think partly it's because, for me, Cheadle has this very warm demeanor, if that makes any sense. He seems kind of friendly, like somebody I would really like to know and hang out with. And when I read the comics... I never got that from Rhodey. I always felt that he was very, I don't know if stern is the right word, but very uh, no-nonsense, all professional for most of the time because he had that that kind of very military. He didn't have a snarky one-liner side to him, not really. Yeah, and, he was, uh, well, uh, and black and white, no gray. Right, right. Right. Yeah, there's just like one side and stern and that's it. I mean, like a great example of it at one point is uh, uh, Rhodey had taken over for Tony Stark. I can't remember why he was gone. I just remember that he was gone. So at this point, Rhodey was Iron Man and he was running Stark Enterprises. And there is this um, there is this character that is composed, uh, a villain that's composed completely of sound called the claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ulysses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's not like the one you saw in the MCU. He's he's well different in in the in the comics. And for I can't remember the reason why, but uh, he was coming after Stark Enterprises for something, and Rhodey finds out, and he's trying to find a way to stop him. And he appeals to Claw's origins as a, as a scientist. I mean, don't you remember what it was like? Why don't you work for me? I'm not Tony Stark. I would like you to work for Stark Enterprises. Come, come be an at, you know, a tool that we can use and, you know, we'll, you know, kind of for, 
forgive and forget sort of a thing. And, you know, and it, and it works. It's clogged. It's like, yeah, I really, you know, remember those times eating macaroni and cheese and, you know, working on things. Yeah, I would like to go back to that. I don't, I don't really want to be this. And it was all just to lure him into this thing so that he could uh, basically de- dematerialize his body and <laughs> defeat him. I mean, it was cold. I mean, he just, he just drug him in there and it was done. It's like, damn. Hmm. Yeah, that that character never really played out to its fullest potential. Not the character is gone. Character yeah. might still be alive. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Who but, knows? But. Yeah, that character. Classic. We what we always think, and um, what was presented on screen as a classic Black Panther bad guy. But I don't think he was his origins as a Black Panther bad no, guy. No, he came from somewhere else. I thought right. He, he was a uh, Fantastic Four and Avengers bad guy. Okay. So, um, and that, and that's, the, and that's the thing. I think we were, I think they were hedging their bets considering who they cast as claw in the first place. He is known for doing uh, green screen acting so that his performances are just translated into CGI. I mean, he did it in the Lord of the Rings. He did it for Kong. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's got this track record. So the claw character, if it was done like the comics would have to be completely CGI. So in my mind, it's like, Oh, they're prepping for that because they got the right actor cast for it. He's used to this anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they just never went there. It's like, well, maybe, 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 maybe we'll see. Uh, we can cross our fingers. He seemed pretty dead. <laughs> the last time we saw him. That's yeah, true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so all in all, it's just it was a great way to start the series. But of course, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, as I mentioned before, we are available on all of our social media. But don't forget, we also have, at least for the time being, on our website, uh, a place where you can talk to each other, talk to us, leave comments, leave reviews. We are always interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, next week, we'll come up with something equally interesting to talk about, I'm sure. What do you think in the realm of... Uh, 2008 was there something else that was really interesting to you that you wanted to you wanted to cover mr richard Hmm. i mean iron man was a good start so everything else is just downhill well how about we how about we bookend it we started with iron man we'll finish our 2008 with say the incredible hulk because that also came out that year but we'll let's go with uh, but it has a tie-in to this movie right right let's go with uh Next week, we'll stay Marvel. We'll go Punisher Warzone. Mm, that's a good one, actually. I thought you might like that. But uh, we'll go Punisher Warzone. We'll come up with some other interesting things. And until next time, uh, stay inside, stay safe, and we will see you. 